Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Osha. Let's start episode 309 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Michael and he writes... Hi Vidas, you are very welcome. I very much enjoy your music scores and I intend to purchase more in the future. Thank you for making them available for purchase. They are all excellent works. I was hoping you and Osha might consider in discussing the following organ history subjects in future podcasts. 1. When was the organ introduced into the Christian liturgy? Where were the first church organs installed? Uh, in which regions of Europe, Europe or Western Asia? How did the earliest organists serve in the context of the liturgy? Were the service playing responsibilities quite different from that of a parish organist today? What was the medieval pre-Tridentine mass like? 2. Historical tunings and temperaments, Pythagorean tuning, Minton temperament, the well temperaments. Uh, when and where were these tunings used? 3. Compositional practices, features of organ music prior to 18th century. Who were the key composers in the development of organ music composition from the medieval period to the 17th century? Thank you for your very helpful and informative podcast and blog posts. Most sincerely, Michael. What do you think for starters, Osha? Wow, I thought how many dissertations one could defend, you know, on these subjects. I was thinking about, uh, like, this is like a, like a uh, outline of at least several organ literature classes and... Uh, uh, workshops too. True, true. <laughs> organ literature, organ building, what else? Um, organ composition, probably. History of organ composition. So, th- these are all, all questions that Michael is very interested in, And we really appreciate the... The broadness of these topics. I think but we might have to divide them somehow. No, obviously it's impossible to cover uh, even, uh, you know, 
in a in a detailed manner at least a few of them in one sitting even in one sitting would be impossible to to do uh, detailed analysis of one question because for example uh, when michael asks about about uh, how did the earliest organists serve in the context of the liturgy we could uh, talk for hours about that right or what was the medieval mass like also these are very broad questions but uh, uh, still for this conversation we could um, what would you like to start Osha with? maybe from the beginning mm-hmm. when was the organ introduced into the Christian liturgy this is a riddle it is a riddle I, I don't think anybody has solved it yet maybe in the future you know, when more evidence will appear but from what we know now, that organ came, you know, to a monastery first. Mm-hmm. Remember that book uh, um, by Peter Williams? Uh, he wrote many books, but I'm thinking, actually. Any book that he wrote about the history of the organ would deal with that question because he kind of specializes in that history of of the organ art. And I think I've read that about the gift, right, uh, by the Byzantine emperor to, to the father of Charles the Great, uh, Pepin the Short, it was his name, in the year of 767, I think. Somewhere around that time. Yes. And the history was that he gave a gift of of organ, probably positive organ, and the uh, Pepin the short was so impressed that he asked his mon- monks to to probably dissect how the, this organ was constructed and um, build more of them for him. And I I don't think you know that right at the beginning we were used you know for liturgical purposes. Mm-hmm. So that's in, in, into the western part of Europe from the Byzantine Empire. If we're talking about ages before that, how did organ come into the Christian liturgy in general, let's say into Byzantine liturgy? We don't know for sure, obviously, but we might guess it was like maybe 1,000 years ago I think, you know, naturally that, you know, because Byzantine culture took over the classical tradition. Yes. Uh, Greek and, you know, Roman Empire. So that's how we inherited the organ in general. But, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that we used much also, you know, organ in liturgy. Because look at the Orthodox Church now. Mm-hmm. We don't use, you know, instrumental accompaniment at all or instrumental music in the liturgy. Basically, we just, you know, sing. Mm-hmm. Voice is their main instrument. 
I guess it was introduced into the Western tradition more deeply about maybe 1,000 years ago. And they, they have a theory that it was because organ represented the harmony of the universe in some, in some way. Maybe because each pipe was like a human being and together, like in a choir, they make harmony, those, those pipes. It's a complicated theory. Yes, it is. And, you know, in general, I think that organ was started to use more often, you know, when liturgy needed it. Because in the early time, you know, in Catholic churches too, basically Gregorian chant was sang. And it didn't need, you know, much of, of you know, instrumental support at that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I guess uh, when we're talking about early Christian liturgy, organ was like a, more of a signal instrument, maybe, True. at first. If you look at paintings or representations of early organs in, uh, in frescoes, medieval paintings, they are small, sometimes... Uh, they sit on a swallow's nest uh, on the on one column. That's right. And they are very narrow. Uh, I think in that case they didn't have st- stub handles, right? Uh, they didn't have possibility to change organ colors. What was this term called? Blockwork, right? Yes, it was uh, blockwork. And I think in the blockwork you could not use separate uh, organ stops. Everything would sound together. Mm-hmm. And only in the Renaissance, I believe, this you know big discovery of you no know, organ mechanic was made, mm-hmm. where you could separate stops. So if you play on the medieval organ, the sound would be like a big, big organ principal chorus sound with with powerful mixtures mixtures up to 25 ranks or something like that and I think for block work especially if, you, if it was portable it was used during processionals right do you remember the story how organ came into Lithuania yes I remember that you know the uh, the Teutonic Order. Grand Master of Teutonic Order, Ulrich von Jungingen. Yes, he gave us a present to our Grand Duke's wife. Organ. Uh, Grand Duke was Vitotas Magnus. And Clavicor too, I believe, not only organ, mm-hmm. two instruments. Clavicor was, was a novelty at this time, and he gave also a portative organ to to his to Vitotas Magnus wife Ona like Anne uh, in Western Europe would be spelled her name and it was usual for royalty to exchange gifts I would presume Vitotas would also give gifts uh, on other occasions when he visited the Tonic Nights too but remember it was in the year of 1408 
1408, two years That's before right. the Battle of Grunwald in 1410. And in the Battle of Grunwald, in the territory, current territory of Poland, uh, joined forces of Poland, Lithuania, and other united alliances defeated Teutonic Order. So maybe Teutonic uh, Grandmaster Ulrich von Jungen was trying to avoid this battle or Probably something. Probably organ was too small to avoid, you know, this, this big, big war. Right. And those battles actually were part of the expansion politics of, of Christianity. True, true. But it's funny because like our country was already, you know, Christian country by that time. It means that all those wars were just, you know, somebody's, uh, you Co- know... Cover up for... Cover up for basically expanding the territory and, you know, taking up money and treasures. Mm-hmm. Although they were probably officially de- declared as crusades, but... But... Uh, but they have... There were no pagans at that time in Europe anymore, so... Mm-hmm. They have little to do with religion, literally, if we're, if we're talking about religion, expansion of Christianity. Yes, but... More, more yes, about politics. Yes, now let's go back to the organ. And I think that the end of Middle Ages, you know, and Renaissance was sort of a very good period for organ to develop and I think it advanced a lot but still if you look at the different countries I believe that basically you know reformation especially Luther's tradition gave you know the biggest inspiration for organ to 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 develop and to expand especially if we are talking about the pedal section, because if you would take Catholic countries such as Italy, you know, or, or France, in the early ages, the pedal is very undeveloped. Mm-hmm. But if you look, let's say, at the northern Germany, look at those big, huge pedal towers. Because, you know, Catholics at that time they didn't sink I think altogether and liturgical liturgy basically was more for clergy and people would just observe things what is happening because everything was in Latin and nobody could understand anything so we could just watch but in 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 Lutheran tradition people became an important part of, you know, liturgy itself. Mm-hmm. And their singing together, congregational singing, began to develop. And that's why we needed these big organs to support congregational singing. And still today in Lithuania, congregational singing is not a very strong part of the worship. True. Because of that. I think Catholic it's because tradition of, the tradition, of yes. Gregorian chant. Okay, guys, um, we hope this was useful to you for closing our conversation. I think I might add to Michael that if these questions are interesting to him, 
uh, what he could do when he's reading books about that. Obviously, our podcast cannot be the only source for information of, of such subjects, right? You have to dig deeper. But when you dig deeper, and for everybody who digs deeper, I think it's wonderful to to a little bit document your discoveries and maybe do it online in the form of a little blog or, or on social media. You could have a public record of your discoveries. And uh, also you could uh, uh, leave a trace online for other peoples to follow when they are interested in these subjects in the future. Too. Yes, I think it would be very helpful for others. Mm-hmm. I know Michael has SoundCloud uh, channel too. So he could uh, do a podcast like that, like we are doing, but maybe more on, about uh, organ history side, when, about what he is studying with. But he could do it in written form as well. All right, uh, wonderful questions brought uh, topics for discussion in the future. And please send us more uh, of your feedback and stories. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right, as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida Santosha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. 
Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.